Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. And today we're here to talk a little bit of Ben Simmons. You know, if you follow me on Twitter on either It's Cavalier underscore pod or Devron Perry, you have seen by now, you know, kind of how I feel about Ben Simmons and what his inclusion to the Cavs really would mean, at least to me. You know, I am not keen on the idea of acquiring Ben Simmons if it cost you Colin Sexton. But nonetheless, we're going to go ahead and dive deep into that. You know, what that could mean for the starting lineup, what the roster, you know, construction would have to be possibly if you're going to go after a big fish like Simmons. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So, you know, when you think of Ben Simmons, you know, what do you think about? You think about playmaking. You think about defense. You think about size. Ben Simmons at 6'11", 240 pounds, I believe is what basketball reference has him listed as, is everything that I just stated. The one thing that he is not, though, is a shooter, you know, and I was going to say score, but he can score. You know, we've seen we've seen him do it in different ways. He just doesn't shoot the ball, especially from three point range. Ben Simmons, as I have written down here, has attempted 34 threes, 34 career threes in his time in the league. He's been in the the league, at least healthily, for four years. In four years, you know, you know, you could really say five, but he missed his entire rookie, his true rookie year from injury. But in four years that he has been actually on the court, he's attempted 34 threes. Now, just this past season, he attempted three. I mean, he attempted 10, but made three of those. So, you know, 30%, okay, that's great. But he attempted 10 threes. That's crazy. That is ludicrous to me. And I know he wasn't necessarily asked to do that because you had a roster of players, a really a bevy of players that uh, in Philly that really did that. We even saw, you know, Joel Embiid's three-point percentage percentage have an uptick throughout the seasons that those two have been on the court together but Ben for one reason or another whether it be you know voluntary or or involuntary he just doesn't shoot threes 
I'm not going to say that Ben Simmons is a bad basketball player because he's great. You know, Ben Simmons is a three-time All-Star. He made the All-NBA team in the 2019-2020 season as he was also the Steels leader that year. You know, he uh, <clears throat> he's a two-time All-Defensive team member. You know, he can do a lot of different things. But the thing that you would want him to do the most if he was brought to the Cavs is shoot. He would be the ultimate paint clogger to me on the offensive end for everything that he does well i just don't believe he fits with the current roster construction the current build so if you were to trade for ben simmons you would have to understand the fact that that's who you'd be trading for a guy who cannot shoot he can space the floor for you in regards to you know finding shooters he can defend one through five, but he can't shoot a lick. 34 career attempts from range is not going to cut it at this point. If you ask me, in year going into year six or year five, what have you, that's just, you know, you've seen little to no progression on the offensive end from him, at least in my opinion. Conversely, Colin Sexton, you know, he's managed to, you know, just this past season, Colin Sexton, 24.3 points, 3.1 rebounds, 4.4 assists from the field, shot 47.5% from the field and 37.1% from three-point range. Now, Colin Sexton, you know, in his three seasons in the league, in three years, Colin Sexton has managed to go from 16.7 points year one. 20.8 points year two, 24.3 points per game in year three. There's a clear and consistent measurement that you can see. It's going up. It's a trend. It's going upward. Year one, year two, year three, it's going up every single year in regards to points. Rebound, you know, you don't expect a guard at six foot one to pull down a ton of rebounds. So to me, you know, 2.9 2.9 rebounds year one and 3.1 rebounds years two and three. Assists, you know, the, one of the biggest, you know, pe- things that people knock him for. Three assists per game year one. Three assists per game year two. 4.4 assists per game in year three. There is a clear trend. He is trending upward. He's getting better as a playmaker. He's not quite where you'd want him at. He's not really even on Darius Garland's level in that regard yet, but we've seen him make a conceited effort for you know improvement on that end. We've seen him at least attempt to try and get better on that end. He has the work, uh, you know, he has the drive. He has the hustle. He can do it. He's got the, you know, he's definitely putting in effort. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not really a wordsmith here, but Colin Sexton is a hardworking young man. He is trying to put it together, and I think that's worth holding on to. But for the purposes of today's episode, let's take a look at what a lineup with both really are going to look like. You know, we already know with what we have in place with Colin Sexton, if you're going into next season with the same roster that you have right now, i.e. you're not making any trades to get rid of anybody, but you might bring somebody else in, a la Garrison Matthews. You know, you don't, you never really know. But your starting lineup is probably going to be 
much of what people anticipate it to be, and that is Darius Garland starting at point guard, Colin Sexton starting at the two, Isaac Okoro starting at three, Evan Mobley starting at four, and Jared Allen manning the five spot. Now, to me, that is a that that's a starting lineup worth at least seeing what you have, and even if you're going to at least let it play out, you know, towards the midway point of the season in regards to wins and losses. Because to me, this is really the year where they need to at least win uh, 30 plus games. I'm really pushing for a playing game, hopefully the playoffs. You know, I've been real big on that. If you, like I said, if you follow me on Twitter, especially on at Iscapular underscore pod, the actual podcast Twitter, you've seen where I've predicted numerous times now that the Cavs will make the playoffs. Not just the playing game, the playoffs. I do believe that they will take that jump this year. Even though the East as a whole has taken a massive leap forward, I do believe that the Cavs have what it takes as currently constructed to make the playoffs. But that starting lineup right there, that is enough to me. If natural progression takes its, you know, takes its course and you're able to rely upon Evan Mobley being the actual power forward of the future for this team and Jared Allen taking another step forward and Isaac Okoro showing that his 16 and a half points in May as the team's really the, their starting shooting guard uh, in nine games wasn't just a fluke. I think that he has. And we saw what he was able to do in summer league. Isaac Okoro is going to be much improved. He put on muscle too. You know, that's not to mention that Darius Garland, you know, in uh, in year one, Garland was able to put up, I think, uh, I have it written down here somewhere, 12.3 points. And he went from that to 17.4 in year two. That's a big jump. That's nearly a five point jump in regards to points. So anybody who says that, oh, um, Darius Garland couldn't possibly provide anything that's lost if you were to trade Colin Sexton. I think that is a little bogus, you know. They're not going to take I do not take anything away from Darius Garland. I'm simply saying that if it came down to it, I would not want to relinquish Colin Sexton straight up for Ben Simmons. Obviously, you have to make salaries work here. So if you're going to make a trade, you're going to have to obviously the biggest token here is probably getting up off the contract of Kevin Love. So, you know, if you're going to go that route, if you're going to try to acquire Simmons, you're most definitely going to have to include Kevin Love, which is a win for the Cavs to get up off of that contract because he's owed over 60 plus million dollars over these next two seasons. Next year, Love, I believe, becomes a true expiring contract. So his contract will become a little bit more movable. But if you're going to have a package put together to acquire Simmons, it's going to include one or two first round picks, Colin Sexton and Kevin Love for maybe Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey. You're looking at the deal like that. Could look something different, but... Uh, just in regards to today's episode, you know, that would probably be a package at least to get started, to get the negotiations started if they haven't already been, which I truly don't believe there are any like serious discussions regarding this trade. But if it is true, you guys kind of know how I feel about that. Now, getting back to my original points, you know, we know what the line, the starting lineup at least is going to look like if you hold on to Sexton. But Conversely, let's take a serious look at what a Ben Simmons, uh, you know, if you were going to make this trade, what Ben Simmons could look like in a starting lineup. If that is the case, you're going to have Simmons as your new point guard. 
you're probably going to move Darius Garland to more of an off guard, you know, more of a two guard position. And I get it. But at the same time, I think you're seriously, if you're going to do that, you'd seriously be hampering his development. I don't believe Darius Garland is an off ball guard. He can play off the ball, but I think he's much more suited as a point guard, especially at six foot one. Defensively, you know, that's just you're you're asking a lot of him to to really do that. And I know like right now, with your starting backcourt being six foot one, cumulatively uh cumulatively with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, that's it's still the same issue. But if you're going to trade for Ben Simmons, you know, at least you have on the defensive end, he can cover for a lot of what Darius Garland would lack. So you have those two at the guard spots. Then in the number three spot, you still have a Coro, you know, who's on, who's trending upward. Like I spoke about before, you possibly look at, you know, Benching Mobley, or at least initially having him come off the bench for a uh, newly acquired Laurie Markinen, just to give you a little bit more spacing on the floor. Since uh, since Mobley is a career thirty percent shooter from range, at least at USC, until he prov- until he proves that he can shoot, you know, on a consistent basis from range. We know that Mobley is, you know, he's an excellent prospect, and that he has. The sky's the limit for the kid, and I'm not going to debate that. That should not be debated. But what I will say, however, is that uh, you know you you really want to be able to have the ability to space the floor, especially considering that you know you're going to be inserting a guy who is a career. Listen to this: a career 14.7 shooter from range you have to find new ways to space the floor especially considering that jared allen cannot shoot whatsoever from three-point range on a consistent basis so if you're going to run a starting lineup featuring ben simmons and you're going to build the team around ben simmons you have to include three-point shooting from somewhere so again that'd be simmons that'd be garland that'd be a that'd be mobley or marketing in this case mostly probably to start the season marketing and then you'd have allen so simmons garland okoro marketing allen what does that roster what does that starting lineup really say and really speak to you to me that says floor spacing is lacking they're not going to be able to score a lot of points. They're going to be a hellacious defensive team. That would, that, that would actually be a fun team to watch from a defensive standpoint because um, you know, on the defensive end, you have Simmons who can guard one through five. You have Okoro who we hope is going to start trending towards Kawhi Leonard type defensive pliability. You know, you know, that's a big ask. That's a big if. But still, we think of him as one of the better perimeter defenders already in the NBA at age 19. He's trending upward, especially on the defensive end. We have Mobley, who's seven foot one, who can really just, you know, sh- reject any shot towards the rim. And you have Allen, who, you know, a bit undersized at the center position, can still get it done on the defensive end. That right there is, what, four-fifths of your starting lineup who can defend very well at a high level? 
You know, so you're going to have a back line of defense for your smallish uh, starting two guard at that spot in Darius Garland. So, like I said, on offense, they're not going to score a lot. Maybe 90-some points, maybe 91, 92 points a game. On defense, they're going to be hellacious. So there is there is a little bit of a path there to success for them. There is a foundation there. There is a way that that could potentially work. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to sub Mobley out for marketing in, you know, in the starting lineup, which you would probably have to do at least to start the season, you at least that's still three fifths of your starting lineup who would be very good defensively and marketing who could provide very good spacing and, you know, probably is not not really a bad defender in his own right could definitely be better. But if you're going to ask a big man to go out there, you're definitely going to have somebody that is, you know, has got some size to him, especially at the four position and can shoot. So, you know, that really it's it's something that could work. It's just not ideal to me. And that's why I keep saying that it just doesn't fit. The roster would need to be retooled and you would need to definitely build around Simmons if you're going to trade for him. And that what is that's what really concerns me because you look at the roster makeup right now. You know, you have the starting five in place that I already mentioned in uh, Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Mobley, or Markinen and Allen. And then when you head to the bench, you know, this team is not littered with excellent three-point shooters, which you would obviously need if you're going to feature Simmons you know we have we still have um Jetty Osmond you have Dylan Windler who needs a major bounce back you have Ricky Rubio who was just acquired you have a pretty good defensive player in Lamar Stevens you have um you still have Mifiandu Kamengele, Dean Wade. You still have Kevin Love. I and mean, we're not going to mention him, really, because we don't know what the heck's going on. But there are just there's a lot of options here, but none of them are really above average three-point shooters, or at least they haven't been. So I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling out the fact that Windler could potentially have a breakout year. I'm not ruling out the fact that Jetty Osmond could have a career year. I'm not ruling out the fact that if used in a primarily bench role in limited minutes, limited action, Kevin Love could maybe have a good year and stay healthy. I'm not arguing you know, against the fact that any of those things could happen. What I am saying, however, is that I don't know if that is going to really you know if if going away from that would be better than than just staying with it in my opinion because you're asking a lot out of the roster to immediately be able to you know play well with Ben Simmons if you trade for Ben Simmons that likely means more trades need to happen you're going to need to find ways to space the floor. You're going to need to be able to surround him with shooters, which I just don't know if that is currently possible, considering that we've been unable to add any really big time wing defender, you know, three and D guys, really. Not really any shooting has been added to the roster outside of marketing. So I don't know. You're asking a big if, not to mention the fact that you just paid Jared Allen five year, $100 million deal and he can't shoot from range obviously 
you're going to need to make some big time trades. A lot of decisions are going to have to be made and you're going to have to retool the entire roster around Simmons. That is what truly concerns me. And I think that is a job that takes more than just one year. I think if you trade for Ben Simmons, you're honestly punting another year of playoff basketball out of the Cavs' hands. I think in the future, there is some sense to be made that this trade could possibly work out, not this year, but next year and the year beyond. I think that is really what you'd be banking on, the potential that this team would be in a really good position, you know, not this year, but the year and the year following. So... I I don't know. To me, you kind of know how I feel about this. I keep saying it. I keep echoing it, especially on Twitter. It's just not a good fit. But I understand the reasoning and the logic behind doing so because Cleveland has never truly been able to lure away big time free agents outside of trading for them. And if you want to say, oh, they were able to sign LeBron James to come back to Cleveland. No, LeBron James signed the Cavaliers. I know that sounds crazy. And I know that's not the way it works, but LeBron chose Cleveland. Cleveland was not able to lure LeBron back from Miami. LeBron prematurely decided that he was going to come back home because he wanted to fulfill his promise. Nonetheless, the fact still remains that Cleveland has been unable to truly attract free agent acquisitions. So their best route to acquire all-star talent, to acquire all-NBA talent, is to go via trade. The problem is that what is that going to cost you? It's going to cost you one of the up-and-comers, one of the guys who could possibly be a first-time All-Star this year in Cleveland, mind you. It's also going to rid you of the Kevin Love contract because you'd have to to match salaries. But is that truly worth sacrificing for when Love can potentially be moved as an expiring deal next season and the Sexton could take another leap forward? I don't think so. Those are my thoughts. You know, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. As always, you can reach me at it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. I'm always available that way. And I know I've created quite the stir recently with some of my comments on Twitter, but those are honestly my true thoughts. I don't think that Simmons in year one at least makes the Cavs better. I don't think getting red. And and let me clarify that for you. If the Cavs are able to acquire Simmons without sacrificing the talent that is Colin Sexton, go for it. If you have to trade Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, and uh, two or or more first-round picks and you're able to acquire Simmons that way, I'm all for it. I love Isaac Okoro, and I think Isaac Okoro is going to be, you've heard me say it, a potential most improved player this season. I think he's a potential breakout kind of caliber guy. But you wouldn't you really hope that Okoro develops into the defensive type of player that Simmons and like I mentioned Kawhi Leonard is why not sacrifice him if you can get a ready-made guy like that already in Simmons if it doesn't cost you Sexton even if to me if you have to sacrifice Darius Garland and Kevin Love to me I'd still rather do that because I think that Simmons would displace Garland and kind of make him be more of an off-ball guy, which Colin Sexton already is, isn't he? So to me, no. Your best option would be if you can acquire him without sacrificing Sexton. But they're going to want somebody back, and they're probably going to want Cleveland's best player, which to me is Colin Sexton. So 
I just don't know how viable that is. Again, I truly don't believe there's any traction behind this. I don't think this is going to happen, but it's always a possibility. One thing that, you know, being a fan of the Cavaliers has taught me is to expect the unexpected. You just don't know in regards to the draft, in regards to trades, in regards to just about everything. That is truly the way it is to be a Cavalier fan. There are ebbs and flows. And I think if the Cavs just stay the course and continue, you know, the rebuild with what we already have right now, it will pay off. I know a lot of the majority of the Cavs fans, you know, especially on Twitter, Cavs Twitter just be wild. But I know if they just stay the course right now, I honestly believe that there is a playoff future this year. Maybe the playing game may have to win the playing game. I truly believe that it's possible for them to come out and and earn a top 10 seed though. I really do. Though again, those are my honest thoughts. You may not you may not agree with that and I understand that, but those are my honest thoughts. Again, if you want to reach out to me, you can do so at iscavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. But that's going to do it for today's episode, and you guys have a good day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.